hello and welcome to the Big Apple School podcast, the weekly English show where we speak about everything under the sun. The major goal of this show is to help you improve your English and, of course, learn something new. My name's Katya, I'm your host, and today with me... I'm Gary. And... I'm Agatha. Dear listeners, before uh, Gary Don and I jump into the topic... I have a little bit of a request for you. So you know that we are doing our best to be as useful to you as possible and we would love to get some feedback about you. So how can you do that? First of all, you can subscribe to our pages on the platform where you listen to our podcast, be that Apple, Yandex, Google, VK, we're everywhere. And let us know what you think about our show. You can rate and review our podcast. You can give us stars, leave comments, Send your messages, ask questions, and you can even send us your ideas about our next episode. So what do you want us to talk about? Well, we're always here. We welcome all of your ideas. So please, it won't take much time or effort, right? But it will help us a lot to become even better, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yes. Even better. Even better. The Already sky's really bl- good, but even better. The sky's the limit. <laughs> yes. Right. Why awesome. not? We want to be the best. Well, I thought... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. So, Gary, I haven't seen you for a week. I'm not even going to ask you what's up because you always hate this question. Unless there's something interesting that's been going on. Uh, no, uh, not particularly. <laughs> I've been, uh, I've been, uh, I've been busy, but I've been dealing with the weather. Have you noticed the weather? It's hard not to notice the weather. Yes, it's been wet and cold, but... It's going to change. Yeah. Alona, I have not seen you for a very long time now. It's been more than a month, so what's up? May holidays first, and then work, work, work a lot. Yeah. So Tell me something I don't know about teacher's yes. life. <laughs> yes. So how did you spend your May holidays? Um, that surprisingly, but... Working, yeah. I, oh come on! Really, I uh, didn't have the opportunity to go anywhere. Uh, I don't know why, because probably the Dutch season hasn't been opened yet uh, in my family and uh, among my friends. What are you so, waiting for? Uh the warm weather, I guess. Well, <laughs> could be a long wait. Uh, no. Yeah. Let's hope not. Didn't stop my family. <laughs> really? You know, from preparing everything. Dealing with, you know, this old grass. Ugh, hate it. No, my mom and dad, they went to Dacia, but no um, brothers, sisters or okay. other relatives. So they just, ah, no, stand by. So you you have only been working, working, working since we last saw each other? I think, I think yes. Yeah. And uh, a little uh, entertaining, I guess. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, our topic today is right up your... You're early because we're going to talk about business. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, work and Indeed. work and yes. work. <laughs> Hardworking person. Yes. And wait, if I'm not mistaken, you actually are a businesswoman. I am. Ooh. Yeah. So, Gary, did you know that we are I going did to- not know that. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I've been running a, uh, an English uh, school for, I think, four years now. But mm. uh, the quarantine and all that pandemic situation uh, influenced uh, my business quite a lot. So we decided to go online first and then we uh, we actually didn't close down. But we, uh, I don't know, we're waiting for the better times or whatever now. Mm-hmm. So now we are working only with the mm. a few students and not the corporate clients 
So now you work at two schools then, because you're here yep. and yep. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <gasps> does that make you a spy? I don't think so, uh, because uh, first uh, I think we have different um, fields where mm-hmm. we uh, work, and uh, the clients are different, and uh, the um, maybe atmosphere is different uh, in inside the school. So we're different but it's interesting it's not my first experience working for the other school i've been working uh, for i'm still working actually uh in uh, one more school and i'm uh, i'm teaching mostly pronunciation lessons there and mm-hmm. and uh some speaking clubs or taking over other teachers yeah when i have some time so it's more like a side side job. Yes, and uh, you know, uh, because uh, after the uh, quarantine and after uh, starting uh, to run my own business, I was um, a little out of that teaching community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you know how important it is to uh, to be up to date, uh, to uh, actually to talk to teachers and uh, to share. Uh, whatever you have in your mind and uh, about your students and so on. So I decided to go into another school and uh, actually I liked that experience and uh, why not? Uh, I have something to share mm-hmm. and uh, to uh, share my experience and maybe to uh, learn something something new. It's like an exchange then. Yeah, yeah. If I may ask, what made you go into business? Oh, that... Mm, that really was a, a strange situation because uh, I was um, kind of uh, the uh, the teacher in the school uh, which I in- inherited. I must <laughs> yes, kind of. Uh, uh, my uh, friend uh, who was the school director, she uh, because of her family some family reasons, uh, she uh, decided uh, to either close down the school or to sell it uh, and then she had another idea just popped up in your in her mind and she was like oh i can give it away to you like take it almost for nothing and um what was your yeah, reaction then i, I was shocked <laughs> i was shocked i was thinking about uh that um, if I need that school, uh, if I need that um, responsibility for a month, I guess, mm-hmm. something I was uh, talking to my family, uh, my friends, uh, some uh, getting some cons- consultations. And uh, so we all, we all, I must say, yeah, not only I, but we all decided that uh, it it worth trying. And uh, so I took uh, the responsibility mm-hmm. on my uh, narrow shoulders. And <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Can, can I ask? So that meant that you had a rented space. Is that right? And you had a you had a yes, physical yes, location. Yep. I had a physical location. We had. Rent uh, and yeah. Had other teachers for their uh, other teachers? Other teachers, we had a license and we uh, had uh, clients, like like big clients, like IKEA company. So we've, we'd, we'd worked with them for 
seven or eight years altogether oh, wow. with me and the previous uh, experience. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. So yes, and uh, that was really interesting. Uh, and we specialized, I think, mostly on working with uh, corporate clients. We had, I guess, four or five companies that uh, we are uh, kind of serviced. Yeah. And uh, they needed uh, English teachers to mm-hmm. um, to make the, the to make their staff speak English mm-hmm. on different mm-hmm. reasons. So that was that was nice. And the second thing, we uh, worked with kids, uh, mostly uh, individually uh, in small groups, but with kids uh, who had um, mostly the necessity to. Uh, to start speaking uh, English and we helped them. So uh, the kids who had uh, dyslexia as well. So you had you had a niche. Yes. So yeah. that's that's fantastic. So that's why with Big Apple School we are not uh, competitors, I think, because we we were different. Mm-hmm. Well, that's smart. Yeah. All right. So, and Gary, if I'm not mistaken, you have some knowledge of business because your family owned a business. So can you tell us a that's, little bit more about that? That's right. Yeah, my family uh, went into business, uh, when, meaning my parents. I'm an only child, so this was... Uh, anyway, so they, uh, they went into business uh, when I was uh, seven years old. And uh, my dad, I think I've said something about this on the podcast, but my dad was uh, an office manager in a manufacturing company, um, and uh, which was a pretty good job <clears throat> at the time. Um, but he was also a musician, and just as a hobby or as a just passion, as you might say now, I don't know if it was exactly a passion, but it was certainly part of his life. And he for all of the reasons that people want to go into business, um, he and my mother uh, decided to go into business together. So he put the corporate job. It wasn't exactly a corporate. Well, it was a cor- it was a big company, but it was not a giant corporation. Anyway, he put that behind him and and uh, went into uh, business uh, selling musical instruments uh, or electronic organs. There's mm-hmm. a brand of organ called Hammond organ. It's a, it's, you would know it from recordings. It's a, it's a, it's a standard part of um, a lot of rock music and everything in its own, its own instrument in its own right. And it was having a moment or a period of time uh, in the 60s, 70s, uh, where it was sort of a, something that people desired. It had sort of mm-hmm. an aura of culture about it and music and sort of the, you know, the, the finer things sort of uh, for for people that just had enough money to buy these things, which were quite expensive. And uh, so uh, this involved them becoming a dealer for this manufacturer of these instruments, mm-hmm. Hammond organs. And renting a big, rather large space because these are big things. Uh, These are like organs that you've seen in maybe a church, except, of course, smaller for a home. Mm -hmm. And you still would have to have, you know, 20 or 25 of these on display. And so it was a it was fairly big business and you had to have salesmen and uh, people that, you know, sold these to people yet. 
Um, you had to have people that serviced them. You had you had you had people that delivered them because they're extremely heavy, mm-hmm. and it was it was just a whole big business. And my dad had been involved as you know playing the instrument as a hobbyist, and then as also played some concerts because he'd oh, been wow. yeah he'd been meaning. In the organ war, it was a world of people that appreciated this kind of music, mm-hmm. which was sort of a thing at the time. And uh, so he was acquainted with the business. And uh, so he went into business in 1961, and uh, it was a good timing, and uh, the business was successful, and it became less successful as time went on, but it was still remained a good business. He went into started selling pianos as well, which was also a big thing, including grand piano, all kinds of, you know, just pianos. He went into the piano business as well. It was just naturally went together. And uh, so you had to have rather large stores and you had to sell sheet music, everything that went along with them. You had a lot of personnel. So it was a, it was a full-blown retail business. I don't know what the, the equivalent would be now that would be even a parallel. Um, I don't even I don't know what the parallel would be, but anyway, so that's what they did, and and uh, so that was part of my life. Um, it affected a lot of decisions. They were uh, when you go into business, it was it's a big commitment, it's mm-hmm. a gigantic commitment, and I was a seven year old little kid, and um, so I needed to go to school, and so that was a problem because this was like ten in the morning to ten at night. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the store, the, the, no, oh, the, the store, okay. the store was open 10 in the morning to 10 at night, five, you know, weekdays, and then 10 to six on, on Saturday. And I mean, they were there. Mm-hmm. And it, so uh, I ended up having to go to, um, I went away to a boarding school uh, for two years, Oh, third and fourth grade. So I was a pretty little kid for that. And it was a uh, a hard decision for my parents to make, but they had to do something sort of with me, shall we say. And uh, so anyway, that's how I, my that was my introduction to it. But of course, it was just part of my life. And, and then later, once I graduated from college, I went back and I, I worked in the business for, for another 12 years. Oh, wow. Uh, but I wasn't interested in taking it over myself. It was this is a kind of thing that's a family business traditionally, and you would pass it to your kid, your child, mm-hmm. if they if they're interested. I was not interested. I had other developed other interests. So, um, uh, in any case, but um, so I was in it from the beginning, but sort of as a spectator, but interested party, affected party uh, by what it is to start a business. Uh, because it's a serious thing, you know. Mm. So were there many employees? They had a lot of, yeah, they had a lot of employees because they had multiple stores. And so, oh, multiple yeah, stores. Yeah, they, Does that mean like all over the states or in different? It, just within in the Cleveland area. And then there's another city that's to the south of Cleveland called Akron, uh, also a city about 200 200,000 people. Anyway, so they had a store there for sort of sort of strategic reasons, which my dad was a pretty good businessman, so he understood that 
he didn't want to have a competitor very close. And so he got the Hammond franchise, Mm -hmm. the right to sell these instruments in the nearest big market so there wouldn't (laughs) be a competitor. Yeah, it was a good, very good decision. And it it was tactical. But it meant that right one year into the business, he had to open a second store, you know, a hundred kilometers away and, uh, you know, and had to do all the personnel things and had to rent, you know, find a place and start, he actually bought, you know, I think they bought that building right away. And so he's got a mortgage on that and, you know, he's first place he rented, but within five years they were buying a building that they redid. It was a separate retail store, like a shoe store. It was a shoe store of a brand that has kind of disappeared, but um, just not renting, buying. Yeah? Bought it, yeah, which was a really Durable. good business decision because mm-hmm. you're when you when you go out of business, what you end up with is the property. And you can sell the property, yeah. You can sell the property because the mm-hmm. business is buying the building, mm-hmm. right, all the time out of its profits. And you end up with the value, the, the equity of, of that building. And so that was actually because, uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, that was what they actually had because you then sell your inventory at the mm-hmm. end and, and mm-hmm. you have that, but that's it. So anyway, um, so they had they had stores on the east side and the west side of Cleveland, which is just what you had to do to be represented there. Then they went a little farther east and then they made deals with, my dad made deals with department stores, big stores that had musical instrument departments mm-hmm. and he bought them out as they... Oh, wow. As really? they went out or they he ran them for them, he would pay them a commission, pay them a percentage. And so he ended up with a lot of locations and those all needed to have at least salespeople. Wow. Yeah. So he had, it was like, you know, 40 or 50 people maybe at peak. Because, um, you know. It, and he also had teachers because that was part of the thing is, is you had, yeah, you had studios. Yeah. That oh. was part of the, it was called, it was, as part of the mystique of it, uh, it wasn't called a store. They were called studios. You know, like artist studios. Smart. It was part of the, well, and this came from Hammond. You know, Hammond was this big manufacturing company that, uh, that again, it was having a moment uh, in the, in the culture. And, um, and they, this was their pitch because these things were really expensive. They Mm -hmm. would, you know, buying one of these would like be the price of an automobile. Yeah, that's why it's surprising to hear that there were yeah. two stores in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, no, you had to because sound, Cleveland's yeah. a big, big enough city to do that, and it, it, because the product was having a moment, mm. right? In mm. other words, at another time mm-hmm. you wouldn't. Well, you would still have to do it to be in a city of that size. Um, but anyhow, so it became a big, you know, it was a big thing, and uh, you know, it's very consuming, um, and. Uh, you know, but it was it was pretty successful because of the timing, and my dad was a good businessman, and and um, um, you know, it, it it was good, not great, and it you know sort of peaked early, you know, the mm-hmm. mid '60s, mm-hmm. and then it was kind of a slow decline just because the product itself was changing, and there were electronics coming in, and then digital by the end, by the 1990s, there was already digital technology and mm-hmm. uh, just the beginnings of it. Uh, and, you know, these are analog things. You know, you're selling pianos that, you know, weigh a ton and full of, you know, they're just, they're, a, you know, a very heavy 
manufactured product, you know, yeah. um, and all of this. Anyhow, so it was that's it was the kind of business that it would be it was good to be in then. It would not be great to be in now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which my dad was also aware. So when I went out of that, and it was part of it. I mean, maybe maybe if business was super great, yeah, and does. E- easy to operate, you know, um, some kind of an automatic thing. But in business, there's nothing automatic, right? <laughs> business at, people, at yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem. Is it's there's not anything automatic in anything. I don't in almost anything. Um, and so much the less, so much the more uh, in a retail business like that where the product itself changes and then you get competitors making other versions of the same thing with more features and then you're competing with them and you get it. So it's business is competitive, mm-hmm. you know, so. So you have mentioned so many things about, you know, some struggles of being, you know, in business. So you've just mentioned competition. So what else can we name as a struggle, especially a struggle for a small business, not a corporation? Bureaucracy. Bure- okay. Bureaucracy and taxes. Mm-hmm. Here, especially. Here, yeah. Yeah. More, here, more here than there. Here yeah. in Russia. Mm-hmm. And actually, so that's the thing that I uh, faced when I st- started to run a school. And I was, uh, I was shocked. Uh, mm-hmm. How um, I I can't say that I haven't uh, dealt uh, with uh, any uh, documents and uh, accountancy or whatever uh, before because I worked for uh, many companies. I used to be a, a, an event manager, and mm-hmm. that that is to uh, organize uh, quite huge events sometimes, and uh, start uh, starting uh, the uh, business. Yeah, you see that. No, actually, uh, there are so many things that you need to consider. Uh, first, uh, it's about taxes, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's about uh, personnel, yeah. Uh, but uh, that part, I think that was the most pleasant part of all the um, business To find thing. people to hire? To hire people, yes, to uh, build a relationship, to mm-hmm. uh, build uh, that warm atmosphere, yeah, like corporate atmosphere, yeah, so that that's that's fun and uh, exciting and uh, really uh, entertaining and interesting, yeah, mm-hmm. altogether, as for me, maybe just because I, I, I like it, I like uh, people, <laughs> I'm a teacher, yeah, mm-hmm. so maybe that, and uh, the accountancy still uh, like freaks me out yeah <laughs> so are you saying then then bureaucracy wise it's more difficult to have a business and set up a business here in russia than oh my goodness yes. in the u.s yeah, yeah. oh doing wow. it here scares me i mean i would never go into business here <laughs> ever uh, ever ever but i mean just comparatively yeah it depends i'm sure in, a, in the u.s it's more um it's probably more complicated than it was uh but one of one thing my dad had going for him was that he had accounting background that was part of his mm, somehow mm-hmm. so he actually knew how to do double entry bookkeeping and so he understood the books now, that wasn't his job to do that he had to run the business but still he understood it but all they did was they hired a part-time accountant person who came in for i don't know x number of hours mm-hmm. per week and did the whole thing. 
yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, me myself, I had an accountant uh, when the school was uh, was open and so on. And uh, but still, accountancy, uh, it um, okay, it's not uh, really interesting. But uh, except that, there is uh, finance and planning. So uh, finance and planning are the uh, income, the uh, all the buyings of the company, all the things that uh, we need. Uh, so that's uh, really, um, I can't say that it is difficult, but it it's routine. Mm-hmm. It's routine and uh, I found it pr- pretty heavy. So it's just exhausting. Really exhausting. You need to uh, write down every uh, everything you uh, you bought, and you need to uh, share to share the report with your accountant to mm-hmm. say why uh, you need you needed that and uh, so on. Yeah. And if we talk about school, all the uh, stationary things, yeah, you buy and uh, lose oh. every day, almost. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just, you know, whiteboard markers, they yes. disappear. <laughs> it's yeah. like a black hole. You buy a pack of 10 and then the next day you what can't find What about pens? Any. So uh, you have children who come into school and... Steal your just, parents. Uh, you uh, turn back and uh, <laughs> they disappear. Children and little, pens. Little, little criminals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little tiny criminals. That's what they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh my goodness, I've never thought about that. You know, that very often the school buys, you know, the pencils, yeah. the pens. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I have I mean, I've always struggled with the whiteboard markers because mm-hmm. I used to buy them myself, you know, because the ones at school, very often they were like dry or something mm-hmm. else because a lot of teachers use them. There are a lot of classes going on. So I'd, I would usually buy a pack of mine and just keep them in my bag. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, wow. And you have to... Oh God! No, I cannot even imagine. Oh, by the way, there is one more interesting thing to uh, actually communicate with uh, people uh, who do not to to communicate with parents. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and sometimes that is even more difficult than communicating with uh, corporate clients because uh, they are businessmen and businesswoman. They They understand the processes. Yeah, they yes, uh, really understand the processes. And uh, the parents sometimes they uh, they want uh, something, and like they they see their goal and they can't see the um, I don't know uh, any. Uh, things that can cannot let them get it. Mm, mm-hmm, Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, so well, dealing, it's good if they see the goal. People, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. You know, that's that's already a good start if, if they have a goal. <laughs> Sometimes it's just, I want something. Mm-hmm. I want my kid to know English. Mm-hmm. That's, that's too vague of a goal, <laughs> yeah. Right, my child does not know English yet. What are you doing there? Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. It's been one month. You, you call this an English school? <laughs> my kid, it's been already five weeks and my child is not speaking English. Mm-hmm. What is this? Take it five days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right. Have you ever struggled with, let's say, keeping up with the demand? Was that ever a struggle? I can't say so because uh, actually what we did, we uh, taught business English uh, and uh, we taught uh, kids uh, their English for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, and uh, 
to be up to date, you have a pretty nice community uh, who uh, actually help uh, like Oxford books or Magellan mm-hmm. books. And you always have kind of mentors who can help you. Uh, if you don't understand something, if you have some troubles mm-hmm. with even finding any uh, kind of course yeah, uh, for uh, a special child, yeah, you can always uh, take... Uh, I don't know, a uh, consultation there. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's what I love about uh, our English uh, school communities uh, in general in Novosibirsk. That, that's uh, lovely, really. Oh, that's great. So it's not like, you know, people are aimed at each other's throats. No, no, no. no. Like, really? you're a competitor. I'm not yeah. going to help you. Actually, no. Oh, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Collegial, collegial mm-hmm. atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, when all the pandemic uh, thing started, I uh, I still worked for another school uh, back then, uh, like a year ago or something. And uh, the first thing I, uh, one of the first things I did, I called to the school director, that school director, and we had a chat, like what are things uh, he'd been doing and uh, what... Uh, actually things uh, can happen, what uh, we need to do if we want to open up uh, again in uh, summer, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, so we uh, I think he was a little more uh, into it, yeah into that bu- bureaucracy again so I had a consultation actually with my colleague yeah, that was nice, that was lovely and um, really And have you ever found marketing as a challenge, as a struggle? Oh, yes. Really. I, I, I can't. Uh, <laughs> I, I used to uh, I used to try. Uh, so nowadays, what uh, do we have to, um, to actually... Um, it's about, I, I think, social nets mostly, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that help you... Um, provide your product to uh, clients, yeah, to find your client. And I, I had real trouble with that. I changed, uh, I think, about three people. I tried it. First, I tried it myself. Mm-hmm. I uh, realized that I'm not into marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I was looking for people who, can, uh, who could help me back then. And I had uh, my... Uh, ups and downs uh, in that sure yeah Uh, different experiences uh, about at least for example running an Instagram page yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, how to uh, find a client on Instagram and so on yeah Uh, so I had nice experiences and really not nice experiences (laughs) in that well I think Mm. with marketing yeah it's You have to take so many things into account. If if it's social media, what social media should you focus on? Instagram, VK, TikTok. Mm-hmm. I mean, targeting that, again. Targeting. Mm-hmm. I, I and, still don't understand uh, how it works. Oh, I think only professionals you know, yeah, fully yeah. understand what's going on with all But these I, numbers I supposed, and everything. I was supposed to uh, understand it just a little. As a as a director, uh, as a director, you need to be into the processes. You need to at least uh, a little understand them. I had economical uh, education when I was at school. I was uh, visiting an economical school for two years. So I understand a little about marketing, a little about economy and uh, actually accountancy, just a little. 
to up to uh, the level I, I can direct the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah? But still, uh, that my knowledge wasn't enough for me, especially in marketing field, mm-hmm. because it's really fluent. It it uh, it changes uh, just in a blink of the uh, especially eyes. especially now you know yeah, yeah, yeah. too far. <clears throat> yeah, I actually different. have a question to Gary. Then what was it? What was marketing like back in the day? Well, in those days, of course, it was much simpler. Um, <clears throat> it was expensive, but it was simpler. Uh, my, we we would advertise. My dad would advertise in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. This was newspaper days, <laughs> and uh, so this was one thing that they would do um, one form of promotion. So they, I mean, just standard sale ad. I mean, they were they were expensive, but you, if you sort of wanted to be in the first section and there's mm-hmm. a positioning on the page, mm-hmm. a big newspaper, the old newspaper, which people read then. And they got, there were two newspapers in Cleveland at that time, a morning newspaper, an evening newspaper, and you sort of had to make a decision which one you were going to be in or both, which then doubled your expenses. And, mm-hmm. you know, but you would promote by price or something new. The other thing that my that the business did was uh, had concerts, which were public events. So they'd rent, go and oh, like rent, right. a, rent a big mm-hmm. high school auditorium and have, you know, good musicians playing Hammond organs and come in and give a full-blown concert. And that was something that you could then advertise. And, um, you know, it, it's... On newspaper. And also my dad, he did a, a bunch of things. Um, there was a a local entertainment program. It was like a, a talent program. This was, mm-hmm. you know, back when in television, what, early what, television. Was it for kids or for? No, it was for adults. It mm-hmm. was an adult thing. It was on Sunday Sundays at noon for an hour. And uh, my dad, somehow or other, he, uh, they would have a contest at the end of the year and and uh, the, the the grand prize would be Either a piano or an organ that wow. my dad oh, wow. would provide. So, but Pretty what, pricey. what, yeah, what he did was he got an opportunity to have, they had a recorded thing of his advertising the grand prize, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. And people watch this program. And so that was very familiar. And he also bought radio time and had a radio program with, you know, organ organ music and himself playing and such, such like this. So there were those were the old days when there were few media and, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was just a matter of expense, right? But you were trying to to get people involved in actually making music. See, mm-hmm. this was in the days, mm-hmm. this is not com- consuming music like, like now. Making it, yeah. Like making music. There's a gigantic difference between those two. It would be like listening to English versus speaking English, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's and true. Uh, so, uh, it, but it, it, it was something that people at that time you wanted your 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 kids to get music lessons. So the classic thing mm-hmm. was your your child would get piano lessons or maybe organ instead of piano. So this was just part of what you wanted your, it's like now it would be karate or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever else, the other six or 10 things that you're supposed to to want. But then it was fewer things and simpler and music was one of them, which it probably is not anymore. No, I think it is. I know uh, 
like uh, all almost all uh, friends of my age and uh, even even younger uh, so they used to have music lessons or they used to go to the musical school they did, did their kid go, did, as did as kids. kids and now their kids okay yeah see so in the United States to, it shifted and I don't yeah, think yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. you know quite a lot I know uh, yeah. Well, that's good. Kids that's, who that's even good. play a flute. Yeah. Well, it's I think because it's very convenient. It doesn't take much space, right. you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Like the piano. Yeah. We used to yeah, have the, a piano at home because my sister went yeah, yeah. to a school for 11 years. And she even thought when she was 17, she had a choice whether to, you know, connect her life with music or math. She made the right choice and she went into math. Yes, <laughs> right, right. I mean, I don't think music would have provided her, you know, the way that math has. But anyway, so and we had this old-fashioned piano, you mm. know, all squares basically and corners, and my mom used to call it a coffin. <laughs> She's like, it's so ugly. Was it big? Was it tall? It was, it okay. was. So the, the, the two-ton model. <laughs> yes, right. So yes. and we didn't have a big apartment, so... Uh-huh. And the thing is that when we moved to that apartment, we lived on the second floor. Was that there when you moved in? No, no, no. We you had to move it. it. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So, and uh, <laughs> the thing is that when we, well, my dad and his friends were moving it oh. up to, you know, up the stairs to the second floor. But the thing is that there was something wrong with the building. So there were no, <laughs> how do you call it, handrail or something. Uh-huh. So one wrong step and you would fall you know down the stairs so but no no. so they were really scared and nervous wow and they hated it was it a new building no it was an old wooden building oh dear you know the one that is Uh like has only two floors 12 apartments so or something (laughs) something close to that yeah Yeah. so and a piano now my sister has her own apartment different city different region but she realized that she doesn't want to... Well, she got this piano um, before she moved into her own apartment. So she was renting and her landlord oh. uh, didn't let her get a normal piano. So she got an electronic one. So now right. she can just plug in the headphones. Nobody can hear what she's playing. Right. So that's that's convenient. Takes way less yes. space oh my, than those oh huge ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, you telling how uh, you kind of advertised uh, through different events. It reminded me of a lesson I had with a student of mine who's a marketer. So, and she was telling me how now there are two types of marketing, which is ADL, which is above the line, meaning obvious. Well, what is it? ATL, above the line. It stands for above the line. Something that is an advertisement as we know it, you know, on TV, on radio, when it's like, buy our produce or do this. And then there's BTL, which is below the line when it's ad, but you don't really take it as ad. You don't understand it's ad. When you sponsor some events, yeah, when yeah. you provide a prize for something. So, because people see this name right, over and right. over and over again. They that remember was, it. That was the first thing I did uh, taking uh, the school. Uh, there was um, there was a, the city day, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, my friends who were organizers uh, on one of the platform not platforms on one of the uh, spots uh, mm-hmm. in Royal Park, so they uh, actually allowed me to uh, for no fee to have a place. Uh, it, yes, yeah, it's good to have you know such friends. Yes, so uh, they allowed me to uh, actually uh, organize kind of a photo zone. Yeah, 
and uh, with, uh, I don't know, some kind of nice background and uh, beautiful. Uh, it was a Harry Potter. Uh, of course it was. <laughs> yes. It was a Harry Potter photo zone with the uh, sorting hat, which was speaking. Yes. And uh, nice books and uh, which are opened and closed uh, just because uh, there was some kind of mechanism inside. Oh? Yeah. It was really beautiful. It was lovely. We had some uh, pamphlets to uh, give away with uh, some kind of discount. We were wearing uh, costumes. Yeah. That's and smart. That was beautiful. But uh, there was no absolutely no uh <laughs> no result result yes oh really yes so people would just you know come and take a picture and say oh wow take great a, photo yeah booth. take a picture uh take the pamphlet because it looked like the ticket to that uh oh, hogwarts tree so yeah. much time and effort and probably yeah. money into putting all not that. much money because i have friends uh, who You're like were... because i just have a sorting hat and all the costumes <laughs> like come on <laughs> You know oh, how they I say, like, to, I property a, of the model. Oh, Katya, I used to be an event manager. So I, ah, yeah, I, I, okay. I, I know people who can, uh, who are really uh, excited and interested in such, uh, like, uh, Yeah, that affairs. makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. So they were eager to help uh, just to see uh, what uh, can happen and uh, if it can uh give the nice result mm. yeah uh, it didn't but still but it was uh, we, fun it was fun we enjoyed we enjoyed the uh, organizational process we enjoyed uh, actual of the uh, city day um, and uh, there wasn't a result but that was a result as well so I saw uh, that actually we don't need to um, to put effort in that BTL uh, in that um kind of advertisement mm -hmm. uh, that uh, won't give us uh, the, re the result mm -hmm. to uh, bring clients mm -hmm. yeah so we started the instagram and and then it went downhill from there right? <laughs> yes right out into the darkness of the yeah. internet yes. never to be seen again <laughs> that's what internet we're doing is for, something yeah. out here but we can't tell what's mm -hmm. happening what's right. happening yeah. what's going on yeah so and what what would you say are then the advantages and disadvantages of setting up your own business The hugest advantage is that you're free uh, to decide what you mm -hmm. want. Yeah. So you have an idea. Yeah. And the way you uh, the way you organize uh, the company inside, mm -hmm. that's uh, your own. That's your own child, we can call it. Yeah. So that's that's really valuable. Mm -hmm. But uh, all the other things, uh, all the things with the... Uh, bureaucracy with the taxes with uh, the, uh, sometimes the organizational process yeah so it makes unhappy uh, it makes you unhappy a little sometimes yeah, I, not a little when I'm thinking about you know in general people setting up businesses I cannot stop thinking that they are responsible for everything yeah How how is it possible to deal with this level of responsibility? And it's not just taxes and bureaucracy. You work 24-7. 
That's true. Yeah. And you also res- mm-hmm. you're also responsible for somebody else's payment. <coughs> right. They yeah. rely on you, yeah. so you can't really let them down. I can. I and can. Sometimes you don't get. Ma- uh, sometimes you don't even pay uh, yourself uh, mm-hmm. the salary. You just because you are you are responsible for the other people, and you have to uh, give them uh, their own money mm-hmm. so that they earned. And uh, that is more important for you. And you put uh, as much money as you have uh, all into the business. And then you realize that, oh my, I don't have any money left and so on. So many things happened mm-hmm. during all those mm-hmm. four days. Yeah. And uh, that was experience uh, that I can't say that I would love to uh <laughs> Maybe <laughs> right, but I'd love to repeat that. <laughs> to repeat, Let's do that but, again and again. Yes. Yeah, right. Let's do that every month for the rest of our lives. No, How does that you. sound? No, thank <laughs> right. <laughs> right, yes. But that was uh, that was interesting, really. Yeah, well, it's very creative, right? Mm-hmm. I think people. One reason people go into business is that they want to. They want to do it. They want to. The classic way we say it is the people, somebody wants to be their own boss, mm-hmm. right? You want to be your own boss instead of working for somebody. Yeah. You, um, and, and, but it is, it means you take the whole thing on yourself, you know, mm-hmm. promotion and organization and renting space and, you know, um, responsibility to the government and taxes and responsibility for other people and personnel decisions and just, you know, just, Everything, ev- everything. Mm-hmm. But that's creative. In a, uh, well, some people to go uh, into business not only to be their own boss, but to live their passion. Maybe if they have some. Uh-huh. Yeah, if if they have it uh, to yeah to to that. Now we say passion, and uh, but yeah, sure. As my friend start, who started the school, so uh, so actually that was her passion, yeah? So mm-hmm. she really was into teaching. She really wanted to start up uh, the school. And uh, that was uh, not only for teaching, but also for training programs, yeah? Mm-hmm. So she really liked, uh, I don't know, helping people uh, mm-hmm. with uh, whatever training program it was. And... Uh, she was, I don't know, even burning with uh, those ideas and the people who helped her to start up. Uh, so uh, I think uh, she was really uh, grateful. And I myself can say that I'm really grateful to my friends who uh, all helped me. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they uh, took the positions of administrators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because Aww. I needed, uh, I needed some uh, insight. Yeah. Uh, in inner. Uh, inside the company, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, see what teachers do, to see uh, how uh, the clients uh, communicate mm-hmm. with the teachers as mm-hmm. well, yeah, and not not with myself. And uh, really, uh, friends and family in such uh, affairs, uh, if I can call it, uh, really a huge uh, background that uh, can help you. Mm-hmm. I'm really grateful to them. I also, when I was thinking about the advantages and disadvantages of owning a business, I realized that basically as a business owner, you shoulder all the risks. So in when there's something wrong, when the business goes south, you can't just quit a job and like, oh, okay, I'm just going to quit a job and find another one. No, you have no choice but to keep going or f- 
well, I do not know, fire everybody and close close the business down. So it's ah, uh, yeah. It's, so it's I, definitely something you you you. It takes a total commitment, especially at the beginning. There, there. Hopefully, there is a point where it sort of has its own momentum, and mm-hmm. and you have the right people in place so, so that you don't have to do everything or feel like you have to do everything. Uh, but still, as we say, the buck stops here. And I don't know if you know that statement. Oh. Yeah, it was. One of, we had a president um, of the United States uh, named Harry Truman after mm-hmm. World War II, and uh, he had a he had a, uh, a little sign on his desk. He says, "The buck stops here," mm-hmm. because we have a phrase to pass the buck means that you you don't have to make the decision. You give it to somebody else to make the decision. Well, he's the president of the United States. Oh. So the buck stops here. Everybody else passes the buck and says, "Well, I don't know," which is you know. It's mm-hmm, classic mm-hmm, bureaucratic mm-hmm. and, you know, even more so in a more bureaucratic situation, even more bureaucratic situation. But anyway, so the buck stops here at your desk, you know, on your on your mm-hmm. shoulders here to make the decision. And, you know, what do you do? Right. There's no you don't have enough money to make. You can pay everybody else, maybe, but not mm-hmm. yourself, like you're describing, mm-hmm. yes. or whatever the other. All those decisions are on you. Which again, if um, it's, it's a creative position to be in, right? It's your thing, right? You you make it, or you break it, or it breaks you, or oh, yeah. That's why I admire all people who have successful businesses, and I'm yeah. not talking about you know corporations right now, but you right, know right. those small businesses yeah. that are still functioning after two, three, five years of being in business. Yeah. just It's an achievement. I mean, it is for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's why we should support local businesses. You know, they're struggling. They're trying to survive. So don't buy it on ozone, people. Right. <laughs> go, go to your local store. Yeah, um, and don't buy it at DNS either. Buy it at that other smaller store. Anyway. Are there any other smaller stores? <laughs> Anymore? Probably like not. Like the Metro. <laughs> yeah. Like... Anyway, but so yeah. do you do you think then that now it's more difficult to become successful? So we have such a great competition. We have these conglomerates, corporations, we have online shops. So is it possible to be successful now? I think it is. It's just uh, catching the wave. If you can uh, really, uh, I don't know, uh, understand or see the situation or uh foresee the situation so you can uh, really uh, grab uh, something uh, I don't know find your field field and mm-hmm. uh, really become successful it's yeah, like it can, about feeling yeah. uh, the time yeah yeah it's a matter of timing it, mm-hmm. and um, and understanding what's going on which is not easy to do I don't know that it's it's very easy now um, now something like teaching, Right, there's something unchanging about that in the sense that you have students, you have teachers, right? Mm-hmm. And and you can't really substitute that. Now, remote, you can substitute to some degree. And there's an experiment with that that's going on, how well you can substitute remote for in-person. But finally, in-person is is pretty well established for teaching anything mm-hmm. um, so that's a fixed thing but if you're selling a product 
or in certain kinds of service, I'm sure I, I would I would think it would be very difficult. You know. So so what would then be the key elements of success? So let's say when people have their startups, so what can help them to become successful? So what would be something that they have to keep in mind? Feel the needs, I think. Okay, so ana- analyze mm-hmm. the needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to not, find not it. Not sometimes analyzing even, uh, I don't know, uh, it's just inner feeling. You have to that, feel it. Yes, yes. Maybe <laughs> analyze, yes. But sometimes you just uh, you just know that you need to do it that way. Mm-hmm. And you need uh, to do even that uh, product, uh, produce that product and uh, provide that service. Mm-hmm. And the best timing. Right. Yeah, I mean you have to you have to uh you you have to have a you have to provide a a, a service or or make something, right? Of course who makes something, but uh you have to provide it and and just be able to do it in a in a quality way, mm-hmm. right? That's basic. Yeah, um you know, basic element is is the quality mm-hmm. is going to distinguish, you know, the between success and and not and in success you know failure um mm-hmm. but um it's a matter of feeling it's a matter of analyzing and you know uh, but you have to catch it right you have to i would also say it's i think it would help a lot if you have a strong team because you can't do everything on your own you can't right well you have to make the team alone. yeah you have to develop the team or yeah that's part of it right it's it's, it's yeah it's personnel becomes part of it and Certain kinds of businesses, location becomes part of it, and promotion, and all of these complicated kinds mm, of things. Yeah, yeah. and uh, reasonable prices, I think. If uh, even right. uh, they are a little higher than the uh, medium uh, price. I would say it's not about only reasonable price, but being able to justify the price. Because I, I have an example. So there mm-hmm. is this... Um, bakery that I really love, my favorite. Um, they opened two years ago and their prices are way higher than the average in, in the city. They are noticeably higher, but they can explain why it is like that. So they say, you can ask us about, about any single ingredient. We will tell you how much it was, where we got it from. We can provide certificates for everything. So, And they show that this is quality. So and with that, even though their prices are so high, they never, you know, um, have shortage of customers. So they always have a lot of people there. They always sell every single thing just because they provide quality. And, you know, and I can see that there are places that are, you know, have way higher prices in any in any field. Let's say clinics, uh, dental, dental care, English schools. Mm-hmm. So but... Sometimes the price is because of the quality. Right. If you can justify, you know, people don't object to spending more money if if you get mm-hmm. what you you know if you get what you're paying for. You don't mind paying. People for are it. ready to pay for quality. And you know, the the problem is to provide it. You know, and to mm-hmm. provide it at, at scale. You know, if you have to, like, if you're running a language school, you have to have. You know, and you've got ten teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have qual- a quality thing happening. I mean, in an ideal situation, in every one of those classrooms. Yeah. 
Well, I can quality. You know, it's it. It's. Yeah, I have a lot of examples when I am ready to pay for the quality or I know what the price consists of. So let's say when I go to a clinic, to a certain doctor, I know that I have to pay a lot. But I also know, you know, the credentials. I know that she helped, let's say, these people, what she does, well, or he. Right, um, you don't think of cost when it's your health, you know. Exactly. Or, you know. Well, let's say the same um I last year was looking for an English teacher to help me with academic writing because I realized that I know nothing about the structure of articles, you know, scientific articles. The price was so high, but I also understood that this is a person who is teaching academic English at Oxford University. Of course, the same thing when people come to our school, for example, we have cases to prove that this this is why we have such a price, for example, because we can have you know can help people reach right. their goal we have results so we can justify all that so yeah quality yeah then. quality 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 yeah. and not quantity so and what about people who want to start a business but don't have enough money they don't have any kind of uh, initial capital how can they solve this problem when they want to start a business well, that's a classic problem, and that's the reason that a lot of businesses fail. And uh, is that right? That there's simply, even if I can say this, I think that's true everywhere. I'm sure, but here especially, um, there's a real problem with just everything. <laughs> Not everything, but a lot of things seem to be underfinanced. Mm-hmm. That there just isn't enough capital just has to do with the way the economy is working or not working. There just is not enough money mm-hmm. flying around to, you know, to finance anything except for, I mean, it's just really hard. So um, I, I don't think that we have that institution of uh, investments or if I we was can just call about it, to say yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, and, and, you know, like mm-hmm. in, when my dad went into business, I mean, this was how you did it then much simpler time. And, you know, but it's, there were certain expenses uh, going in, which he had to buy a franchise from the Hammond organ company, mm-hmm. which is the right to, it's like buying a McDonald's franchise, mm-hmm. right? You have the right to to do everything McDonald's in a particular area, and and so um, uh, that cost I don't know it cost a pile of money then, um, but he borrowed it from my grandparents, mm-hmm. uh, who were particularly his my dad's parents were not. I don't know that I think they must have given their life savings, put their life savings into this. Um, but my mother's dad had bought and sold houses. So he was, you know, he had some money, but I think they wanted to keep it equal so, mm-hmm. that, so that it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, everybody felt equally involved mm-hmm. or not, not preferred or something anyway. So that's how they got started. And then, of course, um, the inventory, you know, these were really expensive products, you know, and so... Uh, you had to, um, they just went, my dad went to the bank and you got, you, it was called floor plan, which was a kind of a standing amount of a loan, uh, which would be enough to buy the products to, you know, X number of, it would have been in the, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, then probably tens of thousands at least. Um, and uh, you just, you worked off of that, you know, but then you're paying that back mm-hmm. constantly out of sales. Um, uh, so that's how they did it was it didn't take 
I don't, it didn't take a massive amount of capital. Um, uh, but it, again, it was timing. You know, if it had been all of a sudden there was some kind of a bad economic situation or something and they didn't have the sales, you know, it could have sunk them at the beginning, but because it wasn't like they had a lot of money. But mm-hmm. um, anyhow, so they sort of self-financed her from family, which is a classic way that mm-hmm. you do it. Um, um, because your family is going to be uh, more tolerant of your <laughs> what's going on, right, as opposed to somebody that's coming in mm-hmm. as an investor. But um, So it's, it's really a problem, though, to have enough money because it's not like you're going to figure out every problem right away or business is going to immediately be there. It has to develop and all of those things. So, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I know that nowadays there are also a lot of fundraising, com- you know, websites, now or there platforms. Are. Yeah, that's a brand new, you know, that's what the last five years maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but you have to make the investors interested in, in your startup. And right, so you have to market it to mm-hmm. them, right? You have to. But it's, still it's a huge opportunity for those who don't oh, yeah. have money, but oh, yeah. have great ideas. Right. Mm-hmm. I want do you know that there's, oh God, I wish I remembered the name, but there is a show now where uh, potential investors, they are given, let's say, five startup ideas and they, um, you know, he, see yeah, the shark, presentation. Shark Tank. Yeah, it's I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And they decide which one will be financed. Yeah. And these, this is, you know, real big time mm-hmm. television show type mm-hmm. reality show kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Some people try to um, try to find investors through social media, through different events. So they go to, let's say, uh, different presentations, different events, and they try to meet m- as many people there as possible. Networking. Yeah. Networking. And uh, before the quarantine, actually, uh, friends of mine were doing, uh, were organizing such uh, meetings for people who can uh, make new f- uh, Friends, let it be. Uh, mm-hmm. See other people, uh, exchange business cards, and mm-hmm. see uh, where they can be kind of useful to each other mm-hmm. and uh, give a hand uh, if it, it was necessary. So yeah. that's that's a huge thing, actually. Mm-hmm. All right. So and tell me, is there any kind of a business story? Maybe I mean, um, a company, a certain company, a certain business that inspires you. Or whose story of success inspires you? I don't know about inspiring, but um, there's. I certainly appreciate what a lot of great businesses have done. Right? For example, well, Apple. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're talking yeah. about business. It would, it, yeah. it's inevitable that it would. That right. It's come that we discussed before yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Like Apple, Microsoft, yeah. Because we we actually, um, Alona and I, we talked about what would be the top three most successful businesses in the world. But then we came to a conclusion that that would depend on how we define successful. Mm-hmm. Does that depend on sales per year or like annual sales or the value of the company? Because then the results would be different. But what companies would you think would make, you know, this top three most successful companies in the world? I don't know. The first companies that come into my mind, it's like first Apple. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think. Yes. Uh, it, micro- yeah. Microsoft, because they uh, they 
did and they they've been doing a huge thing actually mm-hmm. yeah and uh i don't know I, i've already told you before the podcast i think uh uber why not uh that's uber uh, uber yeah oh uber mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. uh so that that's uh, insane they uh, just created something out of nothing and <laughs> you know how before we we used to be told like Uh, never chat to you know people you do not know yeah. online yeah. never get into a car with a person you do not know now we do exactly that and pay money for it yeah. yes yeah no that's that's a tremendous innovation but yeah um google google google, google anybody yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that even I, became a verb yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's so big yeah yeah Um, I read that one of the um, biggest companies and one of the most successful companies now with in terms of value, not the sales is Alibaba, mm-hmm. which is, you know, um, the head of AliExpress. And it's not only AliExpress now, it has like some more companies right now because mm-hmm. apparently their value now is about 700 billion Yeah. So I well, yeah, and they're following Amazon in the United States and um my little brain cannot, you know, imagine yeah. such numbers. Yeah, well they're I don't know how big Amazon is, it's probably huge. They're, they're getting they're, those companies since I left. I mean they're they're almost two trillion. I know it was a one trillion I mean trillion, yeah. They're twelve really zeros. Yeah, in yeah, in in uh Insane. market value market value, yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's because they they uh, develop, they introduce like Uber did, right? They introduce some new way of doing something. Mm-hmm. Right? And then comes IKEA. And IKEA, yeah, IKEA in its own well. way, yeah, it's, it's not as big as the others, but just but as still, far. Still, this yeah. uh, the idea uh, of uh, the selling uh, like uh, things that you can um, assemble at home by yourself. Have you mostly? noticed that all of these companies, Apple? Google, IKEA, they started, when did they start? Well, Google started in uh, the late 90s. Apple started in the... 90s? Yeah, in the and 80s. Ikea, Ikea, started. Ikea started after maybe in the 50s. They oh, started 60s, well. if I'm 60s, not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, so so all of there. that was yeah. before 2000, which uh-huh. maybe maybe this is why they became, you know, so successful. Not only... You I mean, mean, that was one of the but then elements. there's Facebook, you know, if you want to call that a high value proposition, that's <laughs> since, you know, after 2000. But yeah, or Uber also is, you know, recent, yeah. Uber's. Uber is recent, but it's also not as big as, let's say, all of these as no. Microsoft or as Google. Right. No, it's not. And actually, do we know that it's not a part of Google or Microsoft? It it's might be one of their project products. It's, not, it's, not. it's like, you know, like. It's its own. They're a, okay. They're all their own thing. It's like, because I, I remember when I was um, reading about uh, food and food companies, yeah. I was shocked that 90% of everything that is sold in an average American supermarket is one company. It's Kraft. And then, because Kraft and Heinz is one company now, but we think like, oh, it's different. No, it's not. Not anymore. And then Coca-Cola. And then everything is just... Two or three big companies. That's it. So that's why now when, when there's a new company, I'm like, is it is it a separate company, an independent one, or is it yeah, a part those, of something those, else? All those really, really big ones are are independent. Yeah, they're they're buying other businesses. Oh, what was it? Oh, God, I don't remember the name of the company. But at some point, 
let's say McDonald's. So as an example, because I don't remember what company that was. So, and there were people who were pro McDonald's, let's say pro X company, and then people who were against it. So in this, oh, maybe there was Starbucks. Yeah, it was Starbucks. So Starbucks, when they got popular, they had a lot of, you know, merchandise, people loved them, but then there were people who hated them. So in Starbucks started some companies whose policy was anti-Starbucks, like, oh, don't let this corporate company, you know, ruin our coffee culture. But that was them. So, and they made money on both people who loved them and people who hated them. Those bad Starbucks people. Oh my, they're bad. I mean, that was smart. <laughs> that was nasty. I never even heard that. I read I'm never going to buy Starbucks again. <laughs> Because I live in Nova Scotia. Because you live in here, yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm never going to leave because I can't leave. Yeah. Of <laughs> that, course you're never going to That's buy. the reason. But it's really a matter of principle for me. Oh. <laughs> right. I won't even leave if I can leave. No. So, but yeah, but that was that was smart. Yeah, that's, if, that, if that's really the case, sure. Yeah, you buy up your competitor. Well, it's, it's like Facebook, classic example. Facebook bought Instagram. And they bought WhatsApp. Oh, they 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 did really. They sure did. Yes. And yes. they. I'm were, sorry, I live in a cave. You know, I don't know what's <laughs> happening in the world sometimes. <laughs> if you got any questions, just, no. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> no, but they did. Yeah, and um, and they bought them when they. I think they paid a billion dollars for Instagram, which at the time people were going, "Oh my goodness, a billion dollars for this startup company!" And of course, it's now gigantic itself. Oh, yeah. Same thing with WhatsApp. It was, you know, they bought it. And what they're doing is it's part of how they become a monopoly is that they buy their competitors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, which is why you've got Facebook and Facebook and Facebook. So you can have Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, or, or WhatsApp, Facebook, or Facebook, Facebook. Your choice. Oh, yeah, they're huge. They're huge, yeah. And it's it's very, it's monopolistic, and the U.S. shouldn't have let them do that. Now they're too big. Mm. They let them get too big. Mm-hmm. And it had certain other consequences. But anyway, yeah. So that's, you know, smart. It's smart, very smart business. Mm-hmm. All right. And um, tell me, what do you think about the current tendency? Because nowadays, uh, a lot of people, they quit their jobs in an office and they either go freelance or they want to start their own business or they, you know, set up individual proprietorship, which is also a type of business. So why why do you think is that? What is your opinion of that? Mm, kind of I did that when I started teaching. I mm-hmm. used to work uh, uh, for Megaphone first and uh, then for an event company. I was working for a boss, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then I uh, realized that uh, I ha- I, I'd had enough yeah, and uh, I uh, came, of course, I came to a school, yeah, uh, and that was part-time job back then, uh, but uh, I had my own students, mm-hmm. and actually that was a huge, a, di- a huge difference when you need to work for yourself, and when you can uh, organize your uh, schedule yourself, mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, when you need to work for a boss, so that's a tremendous difference between oh, yeah. those two yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, it's the same same reason that a person would start a business, right? Yeah. A, a business, you know, a, a 
business with a location and all mm-hmm. of those things uh, that you want to be your own boss. You want to have creative control. You want to control your own time, mm-hmm. right? Instead yeah. of having somebody control For me. Well, I, I realized that I would never like to uh, set up a business, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, find a location, employees, all this bureaucracy. No, that's not my thing. I'm not a leader. I can Abs- relate. Absolutely. I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to, you know, have employees. But last year when the pandemic hit, I had to, well, not that I had to, but I decided to switch to freelance. Mm-hmm. So, and I realized that, at, well, that was connected with my values and goals at the time. Because let's say when I was working 100% off, uh, offline at a school, I would come to school at, let's say, 8 or 9 a.m., leave at 9 p.m. So, you know, because that was convenient for me at the time. So then in 2020, my time became more precious. So I needed a way higher level of flexibility because I had to be able to um, switch my classes to, you know, reschedule a lot of things because I had to be really flexible in terms of, you know, dropping everything and going to see my family Mm -hmm. immediately. So that was what the conditions demanded at the time. So, and I switched to freelance and now I realized that was one of the best decisions in my life, you know, because now let's say um, when we get a new student here at school, so we just decide, you know, which time would work best for me. So I don't have to come to school anymore. I just, you know, check the timetable and see what's convenient for myself. And then very often I can move the lessons, you know, I can rearrange them if I want to go, let's say, to a theater or somewhere. Because for two years, I didn't have any chance to go to a theater because all of the group lessons were in the evening. The first time I went to the theater was this uh, February. (laughs) Yes. I I mean, uh, in in a couple of years. I can. Yeah. I can relate. Mm -hmm. I can relate. Yeah. So, yeah. Of course, that that also means, you know, inconsistency in paying, yeah. in payment, because sometimes, you know, students cancel uh-huh. and with freelance, you don't have, you know, some kind of a cancellation policy. But, yeah, well, you know, this is something I can, I can handle. Why? Sometimes you can organize such kind of uh, cancellation policy uh, with uh, students. Of course, it depend- It all depends on the situation that they have yes. and that you have. Sometimes you ha- uh, can can be uh, the exactly. person who that, That's cancels. why I'm like, ah. Yeah. Is it, is it really worth it? If I had the groups, mm-hmm. maybe I would, you know. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, if you have five people and then three of them do, do not show up, mm-hmm. it's not really a group lesson anymore. But now that I work one-to-one, I don't see the need of, you know, having really strict cancellation mm-hmm. policy. So, you know, all of my students, they are understanding. We just chat and communicate and they just, you know, reschedule or something like this. But that is you who organized uh, that uh, community around you. That's, that's, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I know that they would not cancel if it wasn't for something, you Uh know, serious or work issues or health issues. So, yeah. So, and apparently I think that's, that's, that's the reason. So people want more freedom, more flexibility, which is really valuable nowadays. Yeah. Although I do have to say, I sometimes miss, you know, coming to school and having group lessons offline, but we'll see. All right. Oh, thank you so much. It was so interesting to talk about businesses back then and now. And yeah, I've just once again, have come to a conclusion that I will never in my life set up a business. 
forever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the sign of a successful business podcast is when, is when, well, is when the participants... I am a representative just, of a person who just not a businessman. That's okay. Not sure everybody has to be a leader, you Kaji, know. it's fine. I'm just a... Right. Wait. It's just fine. Are you, you know, not being a businessman does not mean I'm not a successful teacher. Okay. Yeah, and I... <laughs> I mean, I would never say anything... You better not. <laughs> I know. I know. I value my life and my good health and my handsome appearance, which could be easily damaged by something but bad But if Gary happened. never appears in our podcast again, you know what happened. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. He crossed the line and didn't come back. Right. All right. So tell me, after, after this episode, do you have anything to advise to our listeners? Maybe a piece of advice, some wisdom. Gary, well, it's wisdom. a great it's thing if you can do it. I mean, to have your own business, if it, it's not easy, but it would certainly, there's every reason to do it, right? I can agree. I can only agree that uh, that it is really uh, valuable for you, for your family, uh, yeah. And uh, it is uh, hard. It, nobody says uh, that mm-hmm. it is uh, easy, uh, but uh, it's uh, really interesting and exciting to see how things uh, pay off yeah mm-hmm. so and i have a question to our listeners so do you have some kind of a business and if so what is it what made you go into it and what is it like oh maybe we can have you know some kind of a networking thing in the comments uh-huh. I, why not why not sure <laughs> All right. Well, that was the Big Apple School podcast. And today we discussed businesses and struggles of having a business, pros and cons, some successful businesses. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you struggle to understand our conversation, you're always welcome to our website, which is www.bigappleschool.com. Yes, slash podcast. Well, that's, we, yeah, that's about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the school is, yeah, anyway. Well, but actually, if you go to BigAppleSchool.com, just the main website, you can also find a lot of interesting things over there because we have uh, videos, we have podcasts, we have articles, grammar, grammar books, so a lot of useful content. And if you want to get even more content, which will help you learn English, you can follow us on social media, We are on Instagram, VK, YouTube, Telegram. So just search our name, which is Big Apple School. (laughs) Thank you, Gary. So that was Katya. I did it. How did I do? (laughs) Did I do good? Perfectly. (laughs) Okay. All right. Oh, so that was Katya. And my guests for today were... I'm Gary. And... I'm Adana. Stay tuned and we'll see you around.